Welcome to this week in the Bear Cave Cubs. I'm your host, Dennis Zarrell, and this week we're sponsored by About Real Estate, your professional real estate advisors in Colorado Springs and Teller County, the historic Butte Theater in Cripple Creek, Colorado, bringing you the best productions in the United States, Rocky Mountain Vibes, the Pioneer League's professional baseball team in Colorado Springs, and Animus Wellbeing, your nutritional consultants in Woodland Park. Well, we've gone from a heat wave to monsoon season, and it's glorious, except for those baseball-sized hailstones, of course. But that thunder and lightning that's been hitting the last few days, it has been nothing short of spectacular. You know, I keep talking about how lucky we are to live here in such a beautiful area, and Teller County right now looks absolutely amazing. So beautiful out there right now. So do yourself a favor, just get in your car, take a drive around the county, and take it all in. It looks absolutely stunning. But remember, we're always in fire season, so use common sense when you're out and about and if you're camping or whatever you're going to do. Michelle is off this week, but she'll be back next week with story time. But nonetheless, we have a great show lined up for you again this week. Our friend Gail Gross from Reserve Art Gallery will be stopping by the Bear Cave today. It's been far too long since we've had a chat with her. Man, I tell you, it's kind of hard to keep up with her these days. She's busy. Seems like there's some kind of an event going on. Gail's name comes up. Yep, busy lady. But today we're going to talk to her about this year's annual Mountain Arts Festival, amongst other things, I'm sure. So looking forward to that conversation coming up in the next segment. Also joining us in studio this week, we have some special guests from a nonprofit organization here in Woodland Park called Quilters Above the Clouds. And Marty Beyer and Joanne Teese will be telling us all about what they do in their upcoming events. So it's always great to make new friends here in the Bear Cave. Next week, our title sponsor from Abode Real Estate, Josh Dorsey, will be joining us on the Bear Cave Hotline. We're going to find out if these latest raises in interest rates by the Fed has affected the market. I have been noticing that some home prices here in Teller County are coming down. So we'll ask Josh about that because it always promises to be an interesting conversation when he comes onto the Bear Cave Hotline. Also, we have Samantha Peck coming into the Bear Cave. And as we mentioned before, she was recently acquitted of all charges brought against her last year by Woodland Park PD and the DA's office. And that was a case that got quite a bit of attention here in the region. You know, it's been somewhat of an emotional topic, especially here in Woodland Park. People still have these strong opinions without acknowledging the jury's verdict. It's kind of strange. And it may have something to do with the school board and certain persons who serve on that board. But whatever your opinion is right now, it really doesn't matter because it won't change the outcome at this point. But needless to say, there are still some unanswered questions in my mind about the whole case. And uh, it should be a very, very interesting conversation, I'm sure. Now, Cubs, don't get your brains frazzled and start drafting hate mail just yet. Keep an open mind and keep it respectful. And let's see what she has to say. So enough about that. We are still working on the rest of the August lineup, but uh, we'll let you know as soon as we have that confirmed. But uh, in the meantime, sit back, relax, just be entertained by our sarcasm and banner all the time that the Donald gets indicted on yet another charge. It's actually getting ridiculous at this point, isn't it? Oh, and by the way, a recent poll has him at 37 points ahead of the rest of the ever-growing field of Republican candidates. It's kind of crazy. And even if the Donald has more charges filed against him, he will continue to run, guaranteed. Because if he does get elected, he'll just simply pardon himself. Easy peasy. So I would say hold on to your seats because this is going to get really interesting. You can't write this stuff. I can't even make this up. It's all kind of surreal at this point. It's like we've been saying all along, George Orwell was right. He was spot on. <laughs> it is so unbelievable what's happening these days in our country. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the Sniffy administration to announce that Soylent Green is the new healthy way of eating. That's, that's next. 
And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it or whatever, and uh, you'll catch my drift. But yeah, it's going to be an epic election year. It'll be the corrupt against the mentally challenged. And all of our enemies are just going to sit back and they're just going to take it all in. The other thing I bet they're watching is this whole Hunter Cracky Biden thing unfolds about right now. And I'm sure you've heard about this because last week, Cracky's sweetheart deal took a gigantic nosedive when a federal judge pumped the brakes on the whole deal. Yeah, remember that sweetheart deal he was going to get for tax evasion and gun possession? Yeah, the judge smelled something rotten on that food tray and basically killed the deal because Cracky's lawyers thought that they were going to get one over on a federal judge by Cracky being immune from all future charges, even though there is still an ongoing investigation into all those sketchy deals and hidden payments from foreign governments and his failures to register as a foreign agent. But that's not the best part. Yesterday, his former pal and business partner, Devin Archer, and trust me, this guy is not a squeaky clean guy at all. But anyway, he dropped a bomb with his testimony carried out by the White House Oversight Committee in Congress into the serious allegations against Sniffy Joe and the international influence peddling in exchange for massive bribes. So, Devin Archer shows up in his Armani suit, his slick back hair, his uh, teethy, toothy little grin, however you want to say it. He shows up and he, because he's one of the star witnesses to this alleged corruption. Well, the questioning was all done behind closed doors, but as politicians are, they can't help but drop some truth bombs every now and then after this questioning was all over. During questioning, Archer confirmed that Cracky put his father, then Vice President Sniffy Joe, on speakerphone while meeting with business partners at least 20 times. 20 times. And Archer described how Joe Biden was put on the phone to sell the brand, the brand being Sniffy Joe. Now, we all know that Sniffy has repeatedly denied any involvement in his son's shady overseas business dealings. And he may not have been involved with the business dealings, but he was there as the brand. But leading the investigation is committee chairman James Comer, and he said, quote, Joe Biden was the brand that his son sold around the world to enrich the Biden family. When Joe Biden was vice president of the United States, he joined Hunter Biden for dinners with foreign business associates in person or by speakerphone over 20 times, end quote. But it gets better. Archer testified that when Burisma, the Burisma owners, which is the gas and oil company in Ukraine, when they were facing pressure from the Ukraine prosecutors investigating the company for corruption, the Burisma executive asked Cracky to call DC after Burisma's board meeting in Dubai. Yeah, all kinds of shell games going on here. And of course, we know that because of the text messages and the emails found on Cracky's laptop, that he directly implicated Sniffy's involvement as well as his brother James and his brother-in-law Jack. Huh, interesting. And if you recall, Sniffy is repeatedly referred to as the big guy in Cracky's exchanges in his emails. And now we all know that this information has been buried and censored for many years, and it was part of this big, massive cover-up scandal being carried on social media. Wherever you went, there was denials, and it's like, no, this didn't happen, and counter-accusations, right? Well, the investigation also revealed that there were messages between Archer and Cracky 
as they profess their ongoing bromance and love for one another after they have been working together for several years. So Slinky Boy Archer has intimate knowledge of the business arrangements, including the fact that both men had served on the board of the Ukraine natural gas company, Burisma, and their Burisma Holdings beginning in 2014. So this has been a while. And according to Archer's attorney, Matthew Schwartz, quote, Devin Archer believes strongly in the rule of law and the democratic system and is prepared to answer the questions from the committee, just as he already has with similar questions from the federal grand jury, the Department of Justice and several government agencies in their investigations concerning the Biden family, end quote. Yeah, he uh, believes in the rule of law as he's getting indicted and probably going to do some jail time for what we mentioned before, money laundering and a bunch of other kind of schemes that were going on. But another thing that Archer knows about, he knows about the 2013 trip to China on Air Force Two, where Karaki introduced Sniffy to his Chinese business partner, Jonathan Lee. And after that, 10 days later, China issued Hunter's firm a business license and the firm won a contract worth $1 billion. Yep, billion with a B. And shortly after that, Cracky's company signed a deal with the state-owned Bank of China and created the $1 billion investment fund called Bohai Harvest RST, where Lee would later become the CEO. Oh, how convenient. Well, bottom line is that Archer's testimony so far has proven that Sniffy has been a lying POS for a very, very long time, like we didn't know that. And his testimony could just be what the Republicans needed to start the impeachment proceedings against Sniffy. Huh. Interesting. So I think as more of this testimony is being released, it could definitely put a fork into Sniffy's re-election campaign, and for sure, it puts a fork into Cracky. Yep, I don't see any more sweetheart deals coming Cracky's way, but then again, these days, who knows? Yep, not looking good for you there, Wokesters, but uh, you know what? I think we're just going to leave all this nonsense behind, because coming up next, we'll be talking with Gail Gross here in the Bear Cave studio. We'll be right back. You know, moving can be stressful. I know. I've moved 13 times in 20 years and I've lived in four different states. When it finally came time to move back to Colorado, Woodland Park and Teller County were our target locations. But before I moved back home, I was looking for a real estate broker who understood and had experience with military families and knew the area well. I found Abode Real Estate and Joshua Dorsey. I called Josh right away and it only took 35 days to not only find our forever home, but to close and move into it. Josh understood exactly what we were looking for because he's a common sense person and knows a good deal from a bad one. He'll make every effort to make sure you get the home that you absolutely want and love. As your real estate advisor, Josh will focus on client satisfaction. His business is about service and he's not happy until you're happy. Whether it's finding you a home, finding the best loan, or helping you get the most out of selling your home, Josh is there to guide you. So if you're considering a real estate professional, give Josh a call today at 719-433-4773 or email him at joshua at csabode.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A at C-S-A-B-O-D-E.com. I'm confident that you will be completely satisfied.
Welcome back to the Bear Cave. And right now, one of my guests this week is our friend, Gail Gross. Gail, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you, Dennis? Not too bad. It's been a while since we've talked. It has been. So what have you been up to? Well, you know, I have my gallery in town, Reserve Art Gallery. And then I'm also working on the Mountain Arts Festival, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's what we want to talk about, too. Yeah, exactly. And then I also have a studio in town where if there's artists around town that are interested in having a place to go and paint, maybe even be a resident artist. I was being a wise guy, by the way. I get, you, you are busy all the time. <laughs> Not too busy for you, though. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we love having you come in. Thank you. I like being here. Man, you got your hands in all kinds of stuff. I mean, if it's a charitable cause or if it's some kind of a festival, Gail Gross is there. Well, you know, I, I like nonprofits. I always have, and I've always supported them. And so bringing nonprofits together is happening now with SOAR. And the different events that we're doing, like the 4th of July, that was a fundraiser for nonprofits. That was a great party, by the way. Thank you. Tell me about SOAR a little bit. Go back to that. So SOAR is an acronym and it's about relationship development. Um, so it's about sharing your message, offering opportunities for people to get involved, accepting the way people get involved, and then respecting and appreciating others. And a lot of times nonprofits are not so focused on those four steps. So my goal is to help them do that. Yeah. The R in Woodland Park is uh, kind of hard sometimes. <laughs> that, that whole respect thing. You know? The whole respect. And you know, the hard part too is letting people get involved the way they want to get involved. So the A the accepting yeah, of yeah. how they get involved. I think people have a different view of uh, nonprofits and stuff like that. There's so many of them up here. I was really surprised when I moved up here that Teller County had so many nonprofits, but I get it. And I think it's a great thing. But uh, some people expect a little bit too much. I want the title billing on whatever event that is. And you kind of have to wind them down a little bit and explain how things work, I guess. Well, exactly. And that's not always a comfortable spot to be in. Yeah, there's no E in SOAR. So education <laughs> part is like, bleh, throw that out the window. Yeah, if I'm putting an, an E in there, it's at the end and then it's spelling <laughs> something different. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, for example, I mean, how did you get involved with the 4th of July celebrations and stuff like that? Because that, like I said, that was a great party. Sure. Back in 2020, actually, the city came to me and asked me if I wanted to coordinate that event. And because they knew what I was doing with the nonprofit groups in town. And so I said, yeah, I'd love to do that and turn it into a collaborative fundraiser for the nonprofits. And then we know what happened in 2020. So we didn't get to really start that program until this year. Yeah, the world caught a cold. Yeah. So it took, it took three years to get that back, but it was very successful. There were two nonprofits that benefited this year. We're going to do the same thing with the lighter side of Christmas parade. That is also going to be a collaborative fundraiser this year. That's cool. So we have the Rotary Club that's involved and we also have the mountain, I think it's called Divide Mountain Girl Scouts. They're going to be the ones that are benefiting. That's awesome. Um, you know, I'm involved with Cruise Above the Clouds too. And, and uh, it's nice when you can raise a ton of dough and then it goes out to the nonprofits within your, your county, within your community. I mean, to me, that's a, it's a big deal. And uh, 
What you've been doing, though, that's a big undertaking. I mean, just the 4th of July celebration alone. It was big. And, you know, we we continue to expand on it and make it bigger. The old-fashioned is really important to me. So this year we had the sack races and the watermelon eating contest. Yeah, yeah. And I really like bringing those activities. We're looking to add one more for next year, and it may be a tug of war. <laughs> I thought you were going to say strip poker or something oh. <laughs> like that. You know? Yeah, you know me. I mean, come on. <laughs> or maybe a big water slide. That would be fun. But uh, as far as a, a tug of war could be fun, yeah. it's old fashioned. If anybody has a big rope, let me know. Yeah. That you're not hanging the city council or the school board with. You know, we, we, we need that rope. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have no comment. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why I'm here. Yeah. yeah. I'll say all the bad stuff. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's funny that you mentioned that because when we were walking up into the celebration, I don't know why this picture came in my mind, but it's like this Andy of Mayberry picture because the uh, Wind Symphony was setting up. You know, there's all these vendors around. There's kids that were playing. It's like, yeah, you hit a, hit a home run with this celebration because it was really cool. And it really was that old fashioned small town flair. And I was surprised by how many people not living in Woodland Park attended that that whole celebration. Oh, yeah. I actually get calls the day of. From people in Colorado Springs asking, is it happening? Is it going on? How long is it going on? And then I also heard someone who was listening to the Wind Symphony say, you know, this reminds me of the town I grew up in. In the Midwest. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that, right? You get no. that kind of validation that you've done something right. It's it's definitely rewarding and I love it and I'll just keep doing it as long as it keeps working. Yeah, I agree. We need another car show at uh, Reserve Art Gallery. That was fun last summer. Oh, we had yeah. We had like uh, two or three cruise-ins. Yeah, you know, and I'm always happy to do that. So anytime. Yeah, those are the best for sure. In fact, we have another Walk for Art coming up at the end of August. I think it's the 26th, the last Sunday. Yeah, we need to spin up that car club and get them out there. That'd be great. Yeah, that was fun. And it would be a promotion for the car show that's coming up. That's right. Cruise Above the Clouds is back. Yeah, we're pretty, pretty happy about that. Definitely. That's a lot of money that's raised for Teller County, you know, for all the nonprofits. So I'm, I'm proud to be part of that, that effort. Yeah, I love it. I'm glad it's back. Well, let's talk about the next big event coming up, and that is the Mountain Arts Festival. And once again, hmm, I wonder who's in charge of that. Uh, Gail? gross maybe. (laughs) Well, you know, I decided that I would help the organization out. I'm a mountain artist member. I have been for the last four or five years. And when it came open where the person who had been coordinating it for about 37 years said, you know, I just feel like I want to back up and and do something different. But, you know, if someone's not going to take this on, the whole festival is going to go away. So I having an art gallery in town thought, you know, I'm, I'm probably a good choice to go ahead and and jump in. And so that happened in 2021. So this is, and I might be wrong on that. Maybe it was 22. Uh, So this is the second year that I'm coordinating. 37 years. Somebody was running that. They were. Wow. Yes. Yes. So some changes happened last year uh, after the event. It was like, you know, if we could just expand on this and we deserve to be at the beautiful park, Memorial Park, because we were having it at the cultural center between the cultural center and on the green there by the library. You outgrew it so fast. We did. We just outgrew it. And and there was no parking. All the parking went away. Uh, it was on a weekend when there was another event in town. It just made sense to to think about our own weekend and move to Memorial Park. 
So that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's great because uh, I remember I kind of went through it last year and it's like, man, there's a lot of people in this small area here. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that you've expanded, that's going to definitely open it up and actually allow more people to attend. All of that. It allows more vendors to come in. We have noticed over, there's more than 50 new art vendors this year than okay. there were last year. They've never been involved with it before. Look on my face is like a... <laughs> You know, the, the stick figure guy with his hands out, yeah. 50 more. 50 new ones, more than 50 new ones. Wow. And so last year we ended up with, I believe it was 61 vendors. This year we have 95 vendors. Um, we are spread out all over the park. We're going to be using the main pavilion, the big one for our mountain artist group. There's going to be a silent auction going on in there on Saturday. There's also going to be a mountain artist booth in there. And so, and people can go up there and get a ticket for a $20 coupon and we give a winner every hour so people can spend that money at the festival. We're also having food trucks that are setting up and food vendors, which we haven't really been able to do so well in the past because our food vendors had to be too close to our art vendors and then with generators and stuff that just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. That and and the potential of, uh, Something getting spilled, you know, or right. grease or fat or you know, hot dog <laughs> exactly. stuff on my brand new painting. That would suck. <laughs> that would. <laughs> wow. That's, that's amazing. And uh, well, you've clearly had a vision to expand this whole thing. You know, and honestly, Dennis, my, my interest is expanding the culture of art in the community. So this is just one facet of that. Opening the gallery was one. Opening the studio is one. Now expanding on the festival is one. We're going to have a a special opening on Friday night before the festival begins, and that's going to be at the gallery. So anybody in the community can come and be part of it and have wine and cheese. It's a soiree. Uh, But, you know, it is dress as you're comfortable. And then artists from the festival are also invited to be there, which we have so many of them already signed up. Give me an idea as far as regionally, how many artists, because they're not all from Woodland Park, obviously, they're from all over the state, right? They really are. And I would say the the mountain artists that are participating, there's probably five or six, and they're definitely local here in Woodland Park. But then we spread out. We go all the way to Kansas, to Oklahoma. Oh, wow. We have Texas. We have New Mexico. So we're, we're bringing people in from all over the region for this festival. That's amazing. I know that uh, Michelle, our own little Michelle from the Barrett Cave is going to be there. Yay, yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm riding by myself in the parade for Donkey Derby Days because it's the same weekend. And, oh. uh, but that's great though. But You can go up to Cripple Creek and hang out there and you can come down maybe on your way back, stop by the Mountain Arts Festival. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of stuff going on. That gives you plenty of things to do because, uh, you know, you, you go to some festivals, there's only a certain amount of things you can do. It's like, okay, if you're not a drinker, you don't hang out at the bear tent, you're seeing the vendors and then, you know, you spend, you know, two, three hours, maybe have lunch or, or whatever. But an added bonus, you got two major shows going on. Oh, yeah. I guess shows or festivals going on at the same time. You can spend an entire weekend out of your house <laughs> not being hunkered down in, in your house watching NASCAR or something, you know, and get out and, and get some fresh air and see some stuff. Well, exactly. And, you know, we started last year a weekend in Woodland. And this year, the weekend in Woodland advertising went out with the quilters. Who knows? Maybe next year it's a it's a weekend in Teller County and it's it includes the Donkey Derby. You know, I'm always looking to collaborate and make things productive for everybody involved. 
So that would help the people that are coming up to Teller County and it would help the people that are already here planning these events. No, I think that's a great idea because I think uh, last weekend, Florissant just had their big pancake breakfast. And, and uh, yeah, we're, we're right in the middle of summer right now. And uh, apparently we're right in the middle of monsoon season too. <laughs> that's true. Because <laughs> there are some gnarly storms that have been coming through here. Should we go? Should we not go? I right. say grab your raincoat and go. Exactly. Yeah. You just have to be prepared. We live in Colorado. Yeah. The other thing I did want to mention is we're having live music. Ah. All day, each day. And those musicians are donating their time for the festival. Oh, wow. Because the festival raises money for student art scholarship. Who are some of the musicians that you're going to have? So we have the Clarion Winds. Uh, we have Silverwood Flute and Guitar Duo. Uh, we have the Dylan Jazz Band coming from Dylan. Uh, we also have drummers coming from Colorado Springs. Wow. So they're the Womin Drum Circle, I think they're called. Um, and so, and then we have Ray Demers and the Blue Rays. Uh, he's coming also and they'll play a couple different sets. Benjamin Pratt is going to be there. Oh, wow. You got quite the lineup. We got a lot of people. And this is all weekend long, right? So it, it'll start on at 10 on Saturday and the music will go to four each day. And then Sunday it's 10 to four as well. I'm waiting for next year when the Norwegian death metal band shows up. Oh, that's perfect. Do you have a contact? <laughs> Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, see, she's already working on next year. <laughs> hey, we did come up with the theme the, for the Lighter Side of Christmas Parade Oh, yesterday, what is it? And it is going to be the Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, you got to be kidding me. That's my <laughs> favorite. Isn't that fun? Oh, yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, we have a jack that we put up during our... Halloween decorations. And I don't know if we're going to do Halloween in the Bear Cave this year or not, because there's so much trunk or treat that goes on. And it's, it's a, it's hard to get people out to your home. Well, if anybody's seen the set that we build uh -huh. you know, for that, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's a little bit discouraging when you have uh, five or six people stop by after all that work. But uh, I wanted to put Jack out there last year as part of the Christmas display, because we do a, another big Christmas show at the Bear Cave. And uh, yeah, that was vetoed by the wife. Oh, nope. <laughs> Well, now you could think about it for the Christmas parade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a challenge in my mind now. It's like, hmm, how do I tie this all in? I think that's great. Yeah. And uh, the person who's been running it for the last 24 years, Tracy Bennett, she's going to be our grand marshal. Oh, awesome. So we're excited about that too. Well, let me know if you need an MC sitting out there freezing out in the cold. Yeah, we might because she won't be announcing right, right. on the booth. So that's very much a possibility. Just know the first thing I would do was take that Mariah Carey album and just toss it into the garbage can somewhere. <laughs> I can't listen to that song anymore. <laughs> and I think one of the announcers said, here's America's or the world's Christmas queen. It's like, oh no, he's not going to play Mariah Carey. <laughs> no, 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 yep. we won't. He did. Oh, he did. Yep. He played it. Oh. We did kind of a spinoff on our Christmas show last year too. I'm, I'm going to save that one, but it's a... It's not the kind of rendition that you would expect from Mariah Carey. It's a, it's much more, it's 10 times worse. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, getting back to the uh, Mountain Arts Festival, give me an idea of, of uh, some of the things that we're going to see out there besides, you know, we got music and just, it's all kinds of art, I guess, right? It really is. We have potters and we have painters, all different styles. A lot of the artists will set up and they'll actually demo. Uh, the Reserve Art Gallery will have someone there actually painting uh, Julie Cutting, which a lot of people in the community know her. 
Uh, she's going to be there featured at the tent. Uh, the other things, we're, we're having face painting that'll happen for the kids. Um, we have a sponsor. This is the first time we brought sponsors in. It's going to be the Mountain of the Sun Music Festival. They're having that event in September. Oh, wow. And I'm coordinating, imagine. Of course you uh, are. I'm coordinating the, the art that's going to be at the venue. I thought you were going to be in charge of like no. a miniature Woodstock or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a professional team working on it. So I'm working on bringing artists in so that we can have a little a little display of art for the people that are attending the festival. That's cool. It is kind of a little miniature Woodstock. It is kind of, yeah. Yeah, I'm digging it. So that's something to grow into, huh? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Probably ought to get the bear cave involved somehow in, in that whole thing. I would like that. And I can connect you with the gal who I'm working with. Yeah. If yeah. you'd like. Yeah, we need to talk for sure. Okay. But there's other stuff too. I mean, you got jewelry makers. You've oh, got yeah. just all, of all kinds of, I can't imagine a hundred and, how many did you say? Vendors? So we have 95 vendors and six food vendors. So we're at 101 for the festival. And yeah, there's everything from, like I mentioned, the painting, uh, the pottery, the jewelry, sculpture. There's a guy there who he actually sculpts buffalo skulls and decorates them. So he's going to be there. Uh, we have people that do large metal pieces that you can put out in your yard. There's so many different things. Okay. There's really no excuse to miss it because you've got days to explore Teller County. And uh, it's one of the premier events that are happening th that weekend. Oh, totally. Well, thank you for saying that. And yeah, I think there's a variety of different activities that you could do in the area. Stay here. If there's people traveling in from a different area, we have places to stay and there's just fun things to do. I'm overwhelmed because you are involved with so many things. Now you got Christmas. Uh, I think you got all the holidays just about covered. <laughs> you know? I might. And the Artist Sunday will come up at the end of November. And that's a national movement, actually an international. It's just a matter of bringing people together. So uh, convening, I guess, is the word. Yeah. Bringing people together to make good things happen. Well, one of my favorite parts is coming to your uh, your birthday party every year. Oh, <laughs> I'm there for the cake. I'll admit it. Oh yeah, the gallery. You throw the best parties. Oh, thank you. You always got some great food. You got libation there, and you got some uh, and usually good music. Yeah, you do. Yeah, because the last time I think the last birthday party had Carrie Dell there. We did have Carrie Dell, and she's going to be back for Halloween. Nice. So the Friday before Halloween. The gallery will have a party and Carrie Dell will be there playing. Yeah, Carrie Dell's cool. We had her on the show uh, about six months ago and uh, we we're trying to see if we could pull off her playing a song in here, but we just weren't set up for that. But uh, yeah, Carrie's great. You've got a lot going on there, girl. You know, and it keeps me out of trouble, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it keeps you out of that Taylor County jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go there. No, me neither. That's for sure. Mm-mm. Unless I'm maybe doing some drawing on the walls or something. There's some artwork in there, I'm sure. Maybe we could do something like that. Yeah. yeah. Start a project. Let's not find out. No. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm with you. I hear you. All right, Gail Gross, thanks for coming in today. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, don't be a stranger. You got something going on, let us know. We'll be more than happy to promote it here on the Bear Cave. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. When we come back, we'll be talking to Marty Beyer and Joanne Teese from Quilters Above the Clouds, followed by the big news with our field producer, Trevor Phipps. So stick around.
Are you tired of gambling? Or maybe gambling just isn't your thing? Then you need to come visit the historic Butte Theater, located in the heart of Cripple Creek, Colorado. Enjoy our classic melodramas, Shakespeare of the West, musicals, comedies, and our community's favorite Christmas show. The Butte is fun for the whole family. So get your tickets today at thebuttheater.com and come join in our fun. The Rocky Mountain Vibes are back all summer long. You're not going to want to miss their nightly promos with their Vibe Tribe Tuesdays, $1 hot dogs, winning Wednesdays, $2 tickets sponsored by Kilo X1039, Thank You Thursdays, where free military tickets go out to the military community, sponsored by Veterans United Home Loans Colorado Springs. Firework Fridays are back. Theme Saturdays, different themes every Saturday, and Sky Sox Sundays, Kids Club Day. Plus, post-game base running to all kiddos, part of the Kids Club. You're not going to want to miss the fun over at UC Health Park. the bear cave and my guests right now are from a 501c3 here in woodland park called quilters above the clouds and today i'm joined by marty Bayer and joanne tease welcome to the bear cave ladies thank you thank you did i get the name right yes oh man <laughs> i only spent like f- four hours working on that <laughs> but we got it right that's that's the important thing that's important so I got to ask you, um, we have a mutual friend, obviously, who kind of made me aware of your organization. And uh, I guess, first of all, what is Quilters Above the Clouds? Well, Quilters Above the Clouds is our local quilt guild. And we have about 125? 121 members. 121 wow. members. And we meet monthly, but then we have a lot of subgroups. We make quilts, lots of quilts, lots of quilting, a lot of education workshops. We're also involved in a lot of philanthropic work. We have a whole section that we make quilts for philanthropic service. We've given quilts to Habitat for Humanity. That's the one I was thinking of, Habitat for Humanity. We've also been involved in Welcome Home Warriors, which helps our our veterans and their families. And we make quilts for their quilt retreats that are now put on by Mount Carmel. So um, that was one thing that really impressed me when I first became aware of the skilled was the amount of charity work, philanthropic work. Um, we have an annual quilt show is why we're here to make people aware of it. Yeah. Well, okay. So you said over a hundred members right now, quilters, right? Correct. Where do you guys meet? Once a month at the Mountain View United Methodist Church. Okay. They provide space for us. And uh, we have meetings. We have a business meeting and then we have a program. And guests come in, sometimes famous quilters, but sometimes the quilters that do the program are members, but they're equally famous to us. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we learn, we have workshops so we can learn new techniques on how to quilt. When you guys get together, do you actually do any quilting when you're there? Uh, not at our, our business meetings, but a couple times a month we have separate meetings that where we get together. Members bring their sewing machines. The guild provides 
ironing boards and things and we and fabric. We get a lot of fabric donated and they put together quilts. We have challenges. One of the categories in the quilt show is the charity challenge. We were given a bag full of fabric that we couldn't see and we could pick the bag and then when we opened it, we had to take pictures of the fabric and then make something with it and uh, enter it in in the show. Uh, The only requirement was a minimum size and uh, it'll be interesting to see what people have done with their fabric. You, you can tell by the blank look on my face how much I know about quilting, <laughs> which is absolutely nothing other than I see, you know, people working on it. I mean, it's a, it's quite an art form. It is. It is. We take pieces of fabric and cut them into small pieces and rearrange them to make them colorful and artful and pretty. So the show that's coming up next weekend, where is that going to be? That's going to be at the Woodland Park Middle School on Kelly's Road. It seems like kind of a big show. It is. We end up with over 100 quilts. Wow. And a number of different categories. So, you know, people who come seem to really enjoy it. We also have vendors and door prizes and it's a fun way to spend part of your day. Uh, Let me go back to this. Okay, so you have 100 members, right? And um, is everybody involved in the show with making some kind of a quilt? of some kind? Not everybody will enter a quilt, but most of them will. And they'll do more than one because we have like 10 categories. And so like I'm doing five different categories. No way. Uh, and it's, it's just fun because you get to see what people do. Everybody has a different color scheme or whatever. And the fun part is the people who come and pay their seven dollars uh outrageous i know (laughs) get a ballot so in each category they get to pick their favorite and we add up those ballots and give ribbons kind of like a quilting fair in a way yeah Yeah. well what are some of the categories um let's see we have art quilts large bed medium bed small bed um so that's like king queen size quilts Yep. And we have et cetera, which is our quilted items that are not your typical quilts. We also have... So like pillows or things like that? Exactly. And um, then we have a category for our charity quilts, quilts that members have made that will be given to our charitable causes chairman and then distributed throughout the community. Let me ask you this. So you have potentially 100 quilts that are at this show. And they're getting judged and stuff like that, right? What happens to those quilts afterwards? Can they be bought or are they donated? How does that all kind of work? All the charity uh, challenge quilts are donated. The rest of the quilts, the person who made them gets them back. But over the years, we had people come and want to buy quilts. And so we do now have a booth where members bring quilts that they would like to sell. Oh. And so they're available to sell. You guys have any kind of like silent auctions or anything like that going on? We have a booth uh, or a boutique and the members make all sorts of things and donate them. And they're available to buy at the boutique. Okay. Uh, we also have a vintage bed turning so that uh, Tweeds very generously provides us with a bed. And so we have a number of quilts that members allow us to use so that we can educate people about the history of quilting and different um, styles of quilts throughout the years. Quilts have to be 25 years or older. 
And uh, so we get the the history usually. As soon as you said history, you got my attention. <laughs> so quilting goes back for... About 300 years in the United States. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely become an American art form. Uh, you also see it in different countries, England, but generally people think of it as an American art form. Normally when you think about quilting, at least I did when I was a younger man, I, I'm thinking about ladies sitting around, you know, just you know, making quilts, but that's not true. I mean, this art form starts at a very early age and goes on for a lifetime with some of these artists, right? Correct. And they're all different. One thing that I really enjoy about quilting is that there are so many different aspects of it. There's the piecing where you take the small pieces and sew them together or applique where you're taking um, a solid piece of fabric and then cutting out designs and then sewing other colorful shapes and pieces to it, all different kinds of techniques. And so there's always a lot to learn and you don't get bored. How did you get into quilting, Joanne? Interesting. Um, I got into it twice. When I first... Uh, you got kicked out of the club for <laughs> no. drinking champagne at one of those business meetings? Rowdy behavior. <laughs> I, I did a lot of cross-stitching when I lived in Madison, Wisconsin. And the shop where I would buy my yarn was offering a quilt class. And I signed up for it. And I think I'm the only person who took the class that finished a quilt, but I actually pieced it and then hand quilted it. Wow. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Well, then I got married and life took over and I did make my son a baby quilt, but that was sort of it. And then for years I didn't do any quilting. And then um, when my mother was in hospice, she loved shopping and she had all kinds of clothes and it didn't fit me. And, and I said, your clothes is so nice. I hate to just give it to them to goodwill. What would you think of if I made your granddaughter's uh, quilt out of your clothes. Really? And I went to the local quilt shop and they said, oh, you can do that as long as the fabric's washable. And I said, okay. And I, I said to my mother, but I'm not going to tell them because I don't know how long this is going to take. And so I joined the guild. The ladies were very helpful. They encouraged me and, and I came up with a pattern and I completed two quilts with her clothes and I managed to do it within two years after her passing. Wow. And, uh, and then I was was hooked. I just kept making quilts. And the ladies are, uh, there's a great bunch of ladies, uh, very encouraging and very artistic and creative. It's so much fun. How about you, Marty? How'd you get started? I started at the age of seven at my great grandmother's knee. See, I was making this whole thing up and I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Like they start in early age. And it was like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. But yeah, I, I figured it's... Uh... My great-grandmother Howard lived to the age of 109 and wow. she made her last quilt when she was 100. So I learned a lot from her and I'm the only family quilter, which I found kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, so I started at a very young age and then, you know, became seriously addicted. Well, it's a good, good addiction to have. <laughs> yeah, you know? it is. It is. In about 1983. When our daughter was born. Do you find it that it's normal for that artwork in some cases to be passed down from generation to generation? Absolutely. In a lot of cases, you see that. I had no idea. Here I am just uh, thinking it was just a, another pretty blanket. One of the categories we have is art and they're not blankets at all. They're very beautiful wall hangings mostly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause you see in Europe, you see all these old, a lot of old tapestries, tapestries and yeah. stuff like that too. And I've seen quilts behind glass and stuff like that being displayed. 
pretty interesting. Well, Marty, why don't you tell me about what's going on? Kind of give me the rundown on uh, the activities for next weekend. Okay. Well, it will be our 16th annual quilt show. It's for Quilters Above the Clouds, which is our local guild. The show is on Saturday, August 12th, and it is nine to four. Admission is $7 for adults. Children under 12 are free. It's held at the Woodland Park Middle School, which is 600 Kelly's Road. You can view the quilts. We also have some quilting demonstrations, different techniques. We have the bed turning, which I mentioned earlier. See, I was thinking that people were going to be flipping mattresses or something. It's like a... <laughs> It's like NASCAR. You got a pit crew in there. It's like, okay, go flip the mattress. Yeah, a bed toss. No, yeah. um, that's where we showcase vintage quilts and history of quilting. We also have vendors. I believe we have about 10 to 12 different vendor booths. We have a boutique where all different kinds of quilting handmade items are for sale. We also have door prices so that when you enter, you get to put your ticket in for some wonderful baskets. And uh, we'll also be featuring our guilds and we'll raffle quilt, which you can see right now at Tweeds. But tickets for that will also be available. Sounds like a party to me. It is. It's wow. wonderful. Okay. I may have to check this out because I, I do have a date with uh, Donkey Derby Days, but goes on till four o'clock. There's, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in Teller County right now. There is. And I believe there's a big, isn't there a big art? No, you're right. The Mountain Arts Festival, because Gail Gross came on earlier and was talking about that. But uh, yeah, this is a huge weekend. Mm -hmm. So if you're bored this weekend, something's wrong, you know, because there's so many shows going on. You can kind of do a whole loop, you know, you can go up to Cripple Creek, come back down, hit the quilting party. Exactly. We'd love to see everybody. I think I may have to check that out for sure. Please do. I will. If somebody wants to join the guild, how do they go about doing that? We'll have um, application forms at our membership table. Also, they can look for quiltersabovetheclouds.com. So our website, it gives the meeting dates and times and um, also membership forms. So no reason to sit in your basement all winter long when you have something you can be doing like making a quilt. Exactly. And it keeps you warm. Hey, there you go. Logic and reason. <laughs> You know, it's like I say, I, I don't know much about it at all, but uh, I do know that I like sleeping under them. Yep. The majority of them are made with love. There's just something about cuddling up in a quilt and you have somebody who's struggling and you can give them a quilt. It just seems to carry a lot of comfort with it. I, I don't want to see if one's made from hate because it probably has fish hooks in it or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. That's just, just me. They're all a labor of love. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, you've got me intrigued for sure. I, I had no idea that we had this kind of an organization up here. And uh, I really appreciate you coming to the Barricade and, and talking about it. We appreciate you having us. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. So everybody, all listeners, make sure that uh, a lot of stuff going on in Teller County, like I said. So one of those stops should be going to this quilting show for sure. All right, we're going to keep things moving along because right now on the Bear Cave Hotline, it's our field producer, Trevor Phipps, with the big news. Hey, Trevor, what's going on, man? Waiting for it to start raining. <laughs> well, if that's any indication, that was a gnarly storm that moved through last night. Man, oh, man. Yeah, it was booming and flashing. <laughs> 
like almost kept me from going to sleep when I wanted to 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Cause I think it lasted till after midnight, but uh, yeah, every time I was like getting ready to doze off another flash and a big gigantic boom was coming on, but uh, it was pretty impressive. I got to say that for sure. Yeah. And I guess Manitou, they put in a move to higher ground order and set off the sirens in town. And oh, wow. They had a loudspeaker going around so everybody <laughs> moved to higher ground. The arcade got evacuated. I guess it got Fountain Creek pretty much overflowed. I would have been on the loudspeaker saying, okay, everybody evacuate. Leave your wallets on the nightstand. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what do we got going on this week for the big news? Um, probably the biggest thing that is our Colorado Attorney General, uh, Phil Weiser, he made a trip to Woodland Park last week because he's going around kind of on a tour getting input about the potential merger between Albertsons, who owns all the Albertsons and Safeway stores, and Kroger, who owns King Supers and City Market stores. Um, Kroger is actually the one, they're basically purchasing Albertsons or trying to for $25 billion. Um, and recently, the FTC basically gave them a green light, but what they said you can do this, but state governments, federal governments, they have the right to file a lawsuit and fight it if they believe it's violating antitrust laws, creating monopoly, that sort of thing. So Phil Weiser is going around to all the communities that it affected, went to Colorado Springs after that. He went to Canyon City, I think, a week or two ago. But he's getting input from the community and the public to decide whether or not he's going to file a lawsuit to try to fight it. And he said he can do that whether or not federal government does, whether or not other states do. And he wasn't really sure what he wanted to do yet. But during the meeting, uh, a couple things were brought up. One of the most interesting, I thought, is some lady which Phil Weiser didn't even know this, but some lady pointed out, and I looked it up and proved it, that after Kroger and Albertsons were talking about merging, the, the talk started in like last October 22. And then they went through the process with the FTC and the FTC gave them guidelines what to do. Well, in the meantime, there are two distributors. So there's one company that distributes all of Kroger foods and the other company distributes all of Safeway foods. The companies are called DPI and Kahi. Well, DPI and Kahi actually merged. Uh, that has already gone through. So, you know, not only do you have the two main grocery stores here in Woodland Park, their parent companies merging, but the distribution companies that distribute for both of them have also merged. So one of the biggest concerns that I think Phil Weiser actually mentioned first was when Safeway and Albertsons merged uh, a few years ago. They kind of had promised that no stores were going to close when that merger happened, but that was not the case. Um, the way they tried to do it, tried to spin off some of the stores that they didn't want into like to a third party company. And then the third party company went under. So in essence, stores ended up closing. Well, they have said that they, they have stuff in place to try to make it to where stores aren't going to close, but they're hard to believe since it's happened before sort of thing. I was going to say, is anybody really buying that line of BS? Cause I'm not, no way. No, nobody is <laughs> pretty much. And there's probably 15 to 20 members of the community. Only council member Frank Connors was there. He was the only council member that was there. Lori Glouth, who owns Mountain Naturals, was there. Carl Anderson, who owns some small businesses in the area, were there. And they had me take a picture of him because Lori Glouth represents the Democrat Party, Thor County, and Carl Anderson represents the Republican Party, Thor County. So both sides were there concerned about the merger. And one of the residents brought up was the fact that community like this, there's a good chance one of the stores is going to close down if they're owned by the same 
Sure. So if that happens, you're going to hurt. For example, everybody seems to think it would be city market because it's the smaller store, the older building that would probably shut down. Well, so if city market shuts down, you can almost say goodbye to the other like 10 businesses in that shopping center because city market serves as what they call anchor business. Right, right. City market is driving traffic, a lot of traffic, probably 70% of the traffic that shopping center sees through city market and the other businesses around there benefit from that. And another thing that Carl Anderson pointed out, because he used to have Anderson packing ship in that shopping center, but they were going to drastically raise his rent and with the triple net and everything, he couldn't afford to stay there. So he had to pull out. But he was saying that he thinks that maybe the landlord is seeing the writing on the wall. So the landlord has already started raising everybody's rents around it, anticipating that they might lose city market. But if your rent's going up and you're losing your anchor business, then that could be very detrimental to, you know, and there's probably a good percentage of all the small businesses in Woodland Park or in that shopping center. Well, it defeats the whole purpose to do that anyway. It's like if you're just a greedy landlord that wants to get as much cash in before all that starts, you're not exactly being the best neighbor for your community. That's for sure. That was another thing that was brought up. There's people that supply some of these big grocery stores. Well, when you've got a number of different suppliers now, you have more options to get your products into there. Right. But once that gets reduced, you know, we'll be going pretty much having three main grocery stores to having only two if that merger happens. And then that also reduces resiliency in the supply chain because, you know, what, what the stuff that we saw during the pandemic, uh, having supply chain issues, but when you have two separate supply chains, you're more resilient because if one supply chain, you know, Safeway runs out of this and maybe city market has, but when those combine, you're reducing the amount of supply chains and suppliers that you have in a community. Yeah, exactly. If the company runs out of toilet paper, then you're not just going to, you know, Safeway and city market will be out of toilet paper. And then it'll all go to Walmart and then Walmart will eventually run out. Do you know if Walmart had any representatives there? Because I would think that this is going to affect their business as well. But, uh, you know, it's the small business owner like uh, Mountain Naturals and uh, the smaller grocery stores that, uh, you know, I, I would be concerned with. Well, what she said, she brought up a good point. What she was saying was that right now, I guess for natural foods, there's pretty much one big supplier of natural foods that has gone out and bought out all the little distributors, all the little suppliers, and they basically control the market now. And they do that. They are natural grocery supplier and not natural supplier. Well, Lori Cloud has said that the bigger they get, the harder they are to deal with. I'm sure. And then she also said that when this merger happens, it's going to reduce the choices of products you get. And it's going to reduce the prices are going to go up because they'll have more control over what suppliers they want and what prices they want to pay. Absolutely. A lot of things like that could take place. It sounds like a chapter out of Star Wars where the evil empire is coming in here and building the uh, the, the star death chamber or whatever. This is nothing but a monopoly. I mean, it, it certainly could turn into that. Yeah, and they're trying to say that it's not, but... Of course they are. From what I understand, when they had the meeting in Colorado Springs, there was even more people in Colorado Springs coming out and talking about it. And one point that I brought up that the Attorney General didn't really know was that Kroger actually ended their relationship with Distributech, which gave all your free publications. So the city market used to have a whole rack of free publications out front, and those all went away when they ended their relationship. And they don't even have a newsstand now under Kroger. So you can't even go get like a national magazine. Well, Safeway actually still has a newsstand and Safeway still let small businesses have the free publications in there. Well, but if Kroger buys Safeway, 
then are they just going to take out, you know, all bets are off. policies on the Safeway? And <laughs> that affects local newspapers. It affects, uh, you know, publications that people rely on every week to yeah. get information. And uh, it's almost kind of gets back to that whole, you know, the presses are shutting down. We got to find a new, new avenue. But, yeah. uh, okay, I'm going to take a stand right now. I think it's a bad idea. Our grocery stores in Woodland Park feed people, you know, 60 miles west of here in rural areas. And a lot of them are lower income. You're going to price people out of food. And one more point I forgot to mention was um, the employees. Yeah. Between those two stores, they employ, you know, probably close to 100 people, I would say, rough guess. Yeah. If one store does close and it gets combined into one store, then that's, you know, 50 jobs. That could definitely be an effect to the community as well. Yeah, I think it's going to have a detrimental economic impact, at least for, like you just pointed out, for people who are working jobs like that. And if those go away, then all you're going to do is raise the unemployment rate even higher in Teller County. And it's just... Uh, that's not the right thing to do. So big business, take a hike, attorney general, do the right thing and just file a lawsuit. Why not? I hope he does do something to fight it, but I don't know how much good it's going to do. I don't know how, how it's all going to work out, but, and, and I'm thinking he, he wouldn't give an answer, but I'm thinking that he, he's kind of thinking that he's going to do something. So let's hope he does and do the right thing for the people of Teller County and, and Colorado in general, because this is a, just doesn't affect this area, it affects the entire state. Save the entire country. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely spot on. Uh, awesome story. Just when you think that something doesn't really matter, it really does when you get down to the bottom line. And uh, yeah, appreciate you bringing that to our attention because letter writing campaigns and emails sometimes work, but uh, this is something you can't sit on the sidelines. You got to get involved with this and let your leadership know what your opinions are because this can really affect our community and for the worse. Well, yeah. And I feel like, you know, when you're just sitting watching world news and you see, oh, Kroger and Albertsons are merging, a lot of people know them from what a lot of people People don't even know that Kroger owns City Market and that Albertsons owns Safeway. Right. So when you just hear about it, it, like you said, it doesn't really sound that bad. But when you actually start looking at it at a local level and thinking about the impacts, it could be a big deal. I agree with you for sure. I wanted to give one more little plug to the Teller County Fair. I actually went Sunday and went and I watched the Tough Truck competition. Oh yeah, how was it? I enjoyed it a lot. I I thought it was really cool. It's it's kind of like a I guess it's like a monster truck rally with like trucks people build themselves I guess kind of best way because they, they bring a bunch of dirt in and they create these jumps and mud pits and obstacles and people bring their own trucks that they build some of them were stock and one of them was like a big international that probably had 60 inch tires on it it looked like a monster truck <laughs> holy smokes and yeah they just kind of just watch them race around and get the best times And well I saw a couple of clips and I think one guy had a blazer and I'm just wondering if uh, besides the other parts that fell out I wonder if his teeth were still stuck in his head because that guy was taking a beating. Yeah. Yeah, it looked fun. Yeah, and then um, Saturday is the Demolition Derby, which is always a good time. And then this year they're doing a rodeo on Sunday to kind of finish it up, so... All right. Yeah, time. It's a lot of fun. It's a decent crowd. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because sometimes the fair is overlooked and it's uh, one of the bigger events that are going on. But man, if you're in Teller County in the next two weekends, there's a ton of stuff to do besides going down the Springs and watching baseball every weekend in August. So big month coming up. 
Yeah, for sure. All right, Trevor. Well, I appreciate the story. That was a great story. And uh, I'm glad you brought it to our attention because that is a big deal and it definitely can affect our community. So thanks for doing that. For sure. All right, Trevor. Well, you have an awesome day. And uh, if nothing else, I'll uh, I'll see you at the ballpark sometime in the next few days. All right. That sounds great. All right, Trevor. Take care. Thanks. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. That was Trevor Phipps coming back this week with the big news. And coming up in our next segment is the Rocky Mountain Vibes Report, News of the Word, and then find out who gets the unlucky invite for the bear pile this week. Don't go away. By making gradual changes in your life, you can achieve your goals. Perhaps it's a change in your diet, losing a few pounds, or reducing stress. You can always improve your health. If you want to explore ideas on how to achieve a more mindful and healthier way of life, then you've come to the right place. Animus Wellbeing in Woodland Park, Colorado offers nutritional consultations. We work with you to design a program that fits your specific needs to help you enjoy a better quality of life. So check us out at animuswellbeing.com. That's A-N-I-M-A-S-W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G.com. Or call us at 818-400-1456. Let us help you to achieve a life of optimal well-being. I'm your host, Dennis Zerl, and right now it's time for the Rocky Mountain Vibes Report with Director of Marketing Kay Goodell and the Director of Media and Baseball Operations, Tyler Peterson. Hey, gang, how are you today? We're hey, good. Getting ready for some more baseball. I was going to say, what does the field look like after that deluge we've been getting for the last couple of days? Oh, it's it's a bright green. It looks beautiful. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet it's like uh, looking pretty spectacular right now. Oh, yeah. It, it's needed it, especially with the break. So the break and the rain were a perfect combination for Colin and the Browns. Colin's got a new pattern on, so. Yeah, we still got to talk to Colin. We got to rope that guy into coming onto the show and you know, maybe not give up some of the trade secrets, but uh, like uh, Tyler, you and I were talking about earlier that is just really it's it's artistry that's the way i look at it it's so so badass yeah i mean there's a lot of science that goes into it but his favorite part is is doing the designs the challenge of maintaining a field like that and making it beautiful well he does it well that's for sure but uh, other good news the vibes are uh, they're hot right now right vibes are hot uh four and two in each of the first two six game series against divisional opponents and we'll see nothing but divisional opponents the rest of the way but eight and four you almost can't ask for a better start necessarily. It's got them in first place by a game, and it's something uh, we're quite happy with right now. Yeah, and uh, every game counts at this point, too, because we got uh, two big series that are coming up right now. I think we got Ogden coming in town, and then uh, those pesky owls. Yeah. 
whatever it is, those owls seem to have our number. So it was, you know, that first six game was important to start out the second half. Now we get two up on them. So every game is going to count. And sort of the formula that I've put together in my head, uh, three and three or better on this homestand, I think would be big for us. Yeah, I agree because, uh, man, what a big game the other night. I think I was looking, it was 18 to nothing at one point, And then all of a sudden two back-to-back home runs with two outs. I was starting to cringe just a little bit, but uh, the boys hung in there and pulled out a big win. No, you, sometimes you feel like no lead is safe here. And listen, it's uh, I've seen some big innings, but uh, I felt pretty comfortable on the team. I'll tell you that much. I'm just a paranoid person. It's like, oh, no, they, they got to drop it. Because I'm like you. I'm, I'm watching the scoreboard like crazy right now and trying to figure out all the uh, outcomes in my head. But one question I have. How does the whole playoff scenario look and how does it work with wild cards and all that kind of stuff? Explain that one to me. The easiest playoff scenario for the Vibes is to win the second half. They win the second half, they're in. And the only other scenario in which wild cards would come into play is if either team that won the first half wins the second half again. So if Missoula or Ogden win the second half, it opens up wild card. And in that scenario, the next best team by record, regardless of division, will go. So at the moment, that team right now is the Glacier Range Riders. Uh, they had a really good first half. I think they lost uh, the first half chase by about four or five games to Missoula. So they're definitely the second best team in this entire league. And right now, even if Ogden per se were to win the second half uh, it could go to a northern division team of course we would not want that to happen in all things fair i think if you're a vibes fan you hope that missoula wins the second half of the northern division playoffs uh, or glacier wins the second half of the northern division race so that it's just one less scenario you have to worry about and then it's just a matter of having the best record over the rest of the teams uh, we still chase boise in that regard we still chase no code by about a game i want to say in that regard as well. So the easiest scenario for you is we just win the darn thing here in the second half. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking too. But uh, yeah, we were getting some comments as like, how does this all work? And it's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll ask the subject matter expert how that's all going to shake out. So, <laughs> But uh, if they keep playing the way they're playing right now, I'm not going to jinx it. I'm just going to say, okay, what hat are they wearing tonight and show up? <laughs> you know? Yep. Let's not get ahead of ourselves at all. Yeah, I agree. One game at a time. Kay, what do we got to look forward to in the next week or so? Oh, we've got quite a bit. Yeah, so uh, really the big highlight of this week is going to be our Paint the Park Pink Night um, in benefit of Susan G. Komen. Jacking everything out in pink. Staff's got fresh pink new polos that we're going to wear. We've got a pink t-shirt giveaway. We've got a pink fireworks show after the game. So we actually will have two fireworks shows this week. It'll be Friday and Saturday. Nice. And then every Friday the rest of the summer, there's fireworks. So it's, it's fun. Yeah, if you're a baseball fan in August right now, I mean, you can't ask for a better time to go see games because there's a game every single weekend and for me that's exciting oh yeah i'm excited we're gonna be pretty much living out of the ballpark for the next month which you know i love to do so it'll be good i have a sneaking suspicion that i may be there uh sunday for sure because sunday is the uh is my birthday so i'm gonna spend it in the ballpark yeah we definitely gotta spend that in the ballpark Tyler, what are we looking forward to this week? How's the team look? Uh, Looks like we're kind of injury-free at this point, or that's not really a factor, right? Well, at the moment, uh, we're waiting on a couple of results, but uh, we are pretty much injury-free otherwise. Um, We placed Wilbur Perez on the IL a game ago, and there's a couple guys who received a couple banged-up sort of injuries over the last two days, but we're just putting on some results. I I don't see 
a whole lot along that end. Um, I can tell you, because it was, you know, published probably yesterday, we do have a new starting pitcher who will pitch tomorrow. His name is Drew Irvine. He is formerly of uh, University of Iowa and the Pirates system. He was let go by the Pirates a couple months ago, um, and he has in town now. He will start tomorrow. They go on the road again when? Uh, so we travel after the Ogden game Sunday to Ogden. So they'll be gone for most of the next week and then come back Friday. And then what events have we got going on to look forward to the rest of August after this big weekend? Um, so then we'll do Firework Friday again, and then we'll have our huge Army Air Force game on the 12th. So that'll be a flyover, salute battery, mounted color guard, the wings of blue are para-jumping. We've really backed this game for our veterans and our active service members out of the ballpark. So it's going to be really fun, and then it is going to be one of our military appreciation games, so they can claim free tickets at the box office. Wow, that's going to be a huge crowd that day. And uh, like I said, I, I still think that we have a beer snake contest coming our way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But all right, gang. Well, uh, I'm praying for good weather this week because we've been having these gnarly thunderstorms moving through the region. But uh, we'll stay positive and uh, hopefully looking for a bunch of vibes wins this week. Oh, yeah. Good winds, good vibes and good weather. That's all we need. Okay. And I'm going to end it on that because I can't top that ending. That's uh, that's perfect. <laughs> As always, I really appreciate you spending a few moments with us here on the Bear Cave and we'll see you at the ball game. I, we love it. We'll Bye, see guys. you. Okay. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. That was the Rocky Mountain Vibes Report with Kay Goodell and Tyler Peterson. And right now, it's time once again for News of the Weird. Headline this week reads, Ew. And uh, you're about to find out why it says that. Multiple wrecks tied up northbound I-95 in Bridgeport, Connecticut on July 17th, all attributed to one cause. A tractor trailer was leaking human waste onto the roadway, which caused a motorcycle to lose control and crash. And several vehicles crashed into each other or into concrete barriers on the slippery roads. Another truck skidded into a state police cruiser, which then ran into another cruiser. But no one was seriously hurting the pileup, thank God. The driver was arrested and charged with reckless endangerment and reckless driving as officers believed that he knew of the gross leak, but he just kept on driving. One driver commented that it was a shitty deal for everyone. Yeah, especially that motorcyclist. Can you imagine? Oh, man. Yeah. Well, one thing that's for sure is that the driver of this tractor trailer, whose name shall be revealed soon, is definitely a candidate for the bear pile. As you know, each week we nominate a person, place, and or thing that should be tossed onto the bear pile to be eaten by the bears. From last week's nomination, the person, place, and or thing to be tossed on the bear pile to be eaten by the bears is... The United States Department of Justice for helping Mexico increase the population of the United States by allowing illegal migrant crossings. You know, I think I've changed my mind about Governor Abbott's buoys in Texas on the Rio Grande River. Yeah, I think we should get rid of them in favor of those alligators we talked about last week. Yeah, just saying. The nominations this week for the honor of diving onto the bear pile and being lunch for Dozer are... Number one, President Sniffy Joe Biden for continuing to lie about his knowledge about his son Cracky and his shady business dealings. Yep, good old Devin Archer gave you up there, Sniffy, so you might as well just come correct and tell the American people that you don't remember. At least, some people would actually believe that, given your track record. Number two. And it's a family affair this week, because number two is 
Hunter Cracky Biden for trying to get over on a federal judge with a sweetheart deal to stay out of prison with a crappy deal and bad plea. Yep, she smelled that pile of manure from a mile away. And speaking of manure, number three, the driver of the foul semi-truck and trailer for ignoring the nasty human waste he was delivering all over I-95. I mean, wouldn't it have been easier just to take a few minutes to empty out that crappy load? Oh, by the way, we said we were going to reveal the driver's name. Well, it is 34-year-old driver by the name of Shaky Joseph. Yep, that uh, uh, may explain a few things. Shaky Joseph. Hey, I'm just reading the stuff. Well, that's it for me this week, Cubs. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Abode Real Estate, The Butte Theater, Rocky Mountain Vibes Baseball, and Animus Wellbeing. I want to thank my guests today, Gail Gross from Reserve Art Gallery and Marty Byers and Joanne Tees from Quilters Above the Clouds. Of course, thanks to our field producer, Trevor Phipps, for bringing us the big news. And from the Rocky Mountain Vibes, the Director of Marketing, Kay Goodell, and the Director of Media and Baseball Operations, Tyler Peterson. If you have an event coming up or you want to sponsor the show, you can reach us on our Facebook page, This Week in the Bear Cave, and our Instagram page by the same name. And you can send your hate mail to thisweekinthebearcave at gmail.com. Come on, you know this by now. You can access the show on Spotify, Anchor by Spotify, Podbean, RadioPublic.com, and iHeartRadio. Our celebrity, not-so-celebrity guest next week is going to be none other than Devin Archer. Yeah, we want to know if he was at any of those strip clubs with Cracky and if he actually knows who Cracky's baby mama was. Yeah, you know what? I I bet they were both making it rain with plenty of those Benjamins on hand. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) The head of the Department of Justice, Attorney General Merrick B. Garland, was supposed to come onto the Bear Cave hotline this week, but we are told that he is a little busy right now and he couldn't come to the phone. Yeah, something about uh, covering Sniffy and Cracky's tracks most likely, but uh, yeah, a little late for that there, Merrick. Uh, Is that a shredder right here in the background? Sure sounds like a shredder. Mm, Interesting. Until next week, be well and thanks for listening. Sweet dreams, Sam and Max. This Week in the Bear Cave is produced by Animus Productions, all rights reserved in perpetuity.